Welcome to the Rebellion Brewing Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Barton. Today we're sitting down with Jason Childs, an economics professor from the University of Regina. He teaches subjects like macroeconomics and does research looking at international finance. And one of my favorite subjects from university, behavioral economics. Most importantly, he teaches a class about the economics of beer. It's a popular topic in my life, and it gets his students thinking about complex questions and ideas in a very tangible way. Beer is one of those universal goods that I personally believe transcends culture, class, gender. Everyone knows what beer is, or at least they think they know. This is why I'm excited to have Jason on the show to talk about beer. Welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to see you. Great to, it's great to be seen. It's great to be here. I'm, I'm really excited to get into this. Let's, yeah. <laughs> well, before we get too deep into the philosophy and economics of beer, let's drink one. Cheers. Cheers. This is the Saskatoon Berry Sour by Nokomis. There's a lot of Saskatoon in that. 4.5% ABV. Okay. That's nice. It's, uh, the sour's not overwhelming. You know, some of the sour beers, it feels like you're sucking on warhead candy. It's like, just <laughs> why would you do that to yourself? But that's just nice little bit of tart finish brings out the Saskatoon. It's a little dry on the finish, but I don't mind that. Well, I like, I prefer dry if I'm going for wine, so. Yeah. Yeah, it, actually, the flavor is vaguely reminiscent of a fruit wine. Yeah, I would say that's pretty accurate. Like, uh, wine drinkers tend to lean into sours a little bit more than regular yeah, I could drinkers. see I could see serving this in uh, almost a champagne flute and nobody blinking an eye. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a real nice specialty product. That Actually, I'd pair that like I would uh, a fruit wine, a sparkling fruit wine. That's, that's nice. Sweet cheeses. Sweet cheeses. Go well with some cheesecake, maybe? Actually, it would. It would go very well with some cheesecake. A raspberry chocolate. I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> that is nice. I can rose on you too. You kind of just want to keep having a sip the mm -hmm. way it. it uh, I don't want to talk anymore. I'm just gonna have to sit here and do this. It's your tongue. <laughs> oh yeah, that's good. Thumbs up. Thumbs up for sure. I dig it. I would recommend it to anyone who's interested in trying a sour for the first time. Yeah, it's, like you said, not too aggressive. Nice introduction to the world of sours. Yeah, it's not overwhelming. It's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna give you that real lemon pucker. Uh, <laughs> just, it's it's nice. It's just a pleasant hint of tart. Why don't we start from the beginning? Why don't you tell me a little bit how you got into studying beer? Well, it, it was really kind of a bit of a joke. Um, you know, people have always said, "Study what you love. Study what you love." I'm like, yeah, yeah. Donami. I can actually do this. I can study beer. And it's actually three of us who run the course. So it's uh, myself, Abiyomi Akintola, and Michael Scharr, um, who team teach this thing, and that's a lot of fun. And the idea kind of floated around. Michael and I were looking for something to teach together because we play off each other really well. And in classes can get a little monotone, uh, particularly if it's a complex or controversial issue. It's nice to have two people in the front of the room to present different viewpoints. So we're looking for something that we could teach together and then this idea came up and Yomi also wanted to participate so we threw it together and uh, started off sort of as an, as an intro econ course where every example was going to be beer and it's kind of morphed and evolved to sort of a IO public policy massive stuff but it's a heck of a lot of fun. It probably 
grabs a lot of students' attention. They, people want to get into the class to line up at the door maybe? It's typically full to over full. We've had waiting lists almost every time we've offered it. <laughs> well, that's a good sign. Oh yeah, no, it works. And, and, and most of the students really seem to enjoy what we're doing. So, Have there been any takeaways that you've learned from the class along the way? I feel like teaching is as much learning as it is it trying is. to fill someone else's head with knowledge. You, what it, it, to do it well, you have to be open and, and receptive to what's coming back at you. Um, I think one of the biggest surprises was how important concrete examples are to getting ideas across and concepts across to students. Because we've had students in the class, even though it's designed around an introductory level with no economics prerequisites, we've had advanced level students come to us afterwards and go, I now I finally really get this. So I think that was, and the excitement they get for real world problems. You, you, as, an, as an academic, you kind of wander around with your head in the clouds and go, oh yeah, there's a world out there I should pay attention to. You kind of, you threw a rope off the edge of the ivory tower and climbed back down. Yeah, a little bit. I'm, I'm not sure I want to stay down here, but <laughs> it's cozy up there. <laughs> With, when it comes to sours, we're seeing this, what would be a Saskatchewan trend mm -hmm. towards sours. Mm -hmm. um, in the past, it was big IPAs and maybe a, one year it was the root beer, Alka-Pops. Yeah. Now we're seeing sours really hit the stage mm -hmm. and everybody's kind of making one. What do you think is driving that? Well, we, I saw this with the um, everybody advertising the IBUs, the International Bittering Units, on, on the bottles and, and just, you know, more and more and more, this sort of arms race in um, bitterness, which was really fascinating. Because I think one of the things that's going on here is brewers and beer drinkers were signaling to each other. So if you're a beer drinker and you take beer seriously, you're one of these beer hipsters, if you like, Right. You want to make sure everybody in the room knows that you're into craft beer and you are really serious about beer and you don't drink any of this silly Coors Light nonsense. Right? So what are you going to drink? You're going to drink something that is going to be unpalatable or unpleasant to somebody whose go-to beer is Coors Light. So you're going to pick something with a lot of really strong, really challenging, for lack of a better word, flavors. And for a long time that was bitterness. So you get these high IBU beers. And as a brewer, you'd brew these high IPU beers to signal to these beer hipsters that, look, I'm a serious brewer. I'm not just brewing, you know, American, you know, fizzy dishwater. We're, do we're taking this really seriously. So we're going to provide you with this really good, challenging beer to show that we're really serious about this thing. And so you have two brewers. Well, I'm more serious than... Brewer A is more serious than Brewer B, so they're going to you know, chase each other up the thing until it gets to the point where it's just absolutely silly and nobody can drink the beer because it tastes like garbage. Right? <laughs> Your face is melting off. Yeah, I'm like, no, this is, yeah I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm done with this. I'm off this train. And, but these things go in waves. So once you hit that peak point, you can't go any further. You have to find a new way to signal and outcompete and go, no, 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 I'm the really serious brewer guy now. And the same thing has to be true of the beer, the serious beer drinker. They have to find a new way to signal that, look, I'm, yeah, you get IBUs, that's yesterday. You guys are so slow. You're, it, it really is the hipster music phenomenon just translated to beer. Really? Yes. Yeah. So the new hipster wave is sour. 
Yeah, I, I would I would not be surprised. And again, because the stronger sours are not a flavor associated with beer typically, and they're not readily enjoyed by a lot of people. They're they're a niche product. There are breweries in the states that have been operating for over ten years, mm -hmm. fifteen years, and they exclusively make sours. Mm -hmm. So it, we're on the tail. Maybe in Saskatchewan? I would not be surprised uh, uh, that would be on the tail of fashion out here. <laughs> but it's nice to, to see people catching on. It yeah. wasn't a hard sell. People just said, oh, wow, this is new, and I'm, I really like it. Well, I think people's preferences around beer have, have really modified and changed a lot, and I think it's a generational thing. The value and variety. Um, you know, when I was you know, 19, way back in the Dark Ages, um, the most flavorful beer you could get was Keys, right? Because that was a true IPA. Um, and, you know, well, this actually tastes like something. Yay, good for me. And then now Keys doesn't taste like anything to my palate. And so we've seen a shift in what's happening with brewing and, and consumers is they value variety and they're willing to pay for it. And so you're seeing this adventure, you know, Think about your grandfather um, and how he bought beer. It was that was his brand of beer, and that was the end of the discussion. You might get him to take something else if they were absolutely sold out of the other one, but that was it. it, it you know, he was going to drink Bow, and that was the end of the story, right? Maybe you could get him onto a pill if Bow was sold out, but that was it. He wasn't going to try anything else. That's not the game we're playing now. <laughs> At the edges for yeah. the beer geek crowd. Well, I'm not sure I'd even say at the edges anymore. No? I mean, when you look at the data, craft brewing and the small brewers are eating the big boys' lunch over and over and over again, just constantly eating into that market share. Again, nationally in, in, in Saskatchewan, overall beer sales aren't moving much. They're not growing a whole lot uh, per person. But what's happening is the market share captured by AB InBev under the label Labatt and it's family of brands and Molson Coors, um, they're losing market share badly. To people who are preferring variety, quality, and local. And local. And local. The local the local vor thing is probably one of the best things to happen to the microbrewing industry. You're seeing these trends. Mm -hmm. What notable questions are you pursuing right now as you're seeing the market shift? Well, the big question I'm looking at right now, and this is tied in with a whole lot of other stuff, what is the legalization of cannabis going to do to the brewing industry? Um, it didn't do the brewing industry in Colorado any favors. Uh, so it looks like at some sort of macro level, people treat cannabis and beer as substitutes. We'll see what happens in, in Saskatchewan and Canada once you know October rolls around, but it's going to be really interesting to see how much of a hit brewing takes and beer takes when legal cannabis hits the market. You're saying the dollars that people would spend on luxury goods like a craft beer may switch to marijuana. That's right. And again, if you look at just eyeballing the data, we don't have really enough data and the data is not really rich enough yet. We need several years of data to do the analysis properly. Um, when you look at the data in Colorado, you do see a change that looks like it starts around the time they legalize recreational, recreational cannabis. 
how do you tell the difference between tourists going to Colorado and consuming versus domestic consumption? Right. I'm just looking at the beer data. Okay. The beer sales. So the beer sales have, to the naked eye, what looks like an inflection point near the time that cannabis was legalized. And Colorado's not something to sneeze at in the craft beer world. They no. have some very prestigious, high-quality beer. And I'm not talking just craft beer. I'm talking the whole market. Okay. Right. So even, you know, Coors, which is based in Golden, they're taking a hit. And it's not immediately obvious why, but it, the timing is suggestive. So maybe this time next year, you come back on the podcast and you say, hey, I've got a whole bunch of new data. I, I, it might, might be a year. I'd probably need some more. I'll be really interested to watch what happens to Saskatchewan. And yeah, I'd love to come back and say, hey, let's do this again and take a look. Why Saskatchewan specifically? Because uh, the, the, I'm here, right? <laughs> I care about Saskatchewan. I live here. Is there something special going on in our marketplace? I mean, our soil is probably good for growing. Right? <laughs> well, but our climate isn't so much. <laughs> um, those cold winters are hard on cannabis. Um, I, I think the way we've structured the industry is going to be really interesting to watch and and we're going to see a market spring up that looks an awful lot like the private retail we've introduced for alcohol. So, And each province is kind of doing its own little experiment. This is an exciting time for yeah. you guys across the province. Wonderful time Canada. to be an academic in, in economics and interested in cannabis <laughs> and beer. <laughs> That's awesome. Do you, besides sours, do you see any other trends activating in the craft beer scene? Um, I think we're going to see a couple of shifts. I think we're seeing a, the the end, particularly of the big beers. You know that the high alcohol content beers. I think that is done. Um, you're talking the, like imperial stouts and the, the imperial porters. The stuff that's going to hit, you know, eight nine percent. Yeah. Do you think that's driven by the shift in the drinking and driving laws? I think that's going to play into it because, you know, you have one pint at 10%. You should not be even contemplating driving. Um, that set, so I think that's in play. Um, but I think this shift is globally away from the big beers. So it awards smaller. One of the things I would like to see, I don't know if it's going to happen, is a really big flavor but lower alcohol content beer. So something that's going to be three and a half, four percent, but is going to taste or feel like a, a good dark beer. And that's tough to achieve. Mm -hmm. We've been working on that with, say, our, our session IPA series, mm -hmm. where they're sitting around four to five percent, but we're trying to preserve that big hop flavor. That robust flavor, yeah. And the other thing to remember about alcohol is alcohol is a vehicle for delivering flavor. Right, so I mean, this is what happened to red wine. Red wine used to be, ooh, nine percent. It's really strong, right? And then everybody got into wine tasting, and, and that's you know we got to put the big sticker on your bottle and all that stuff. And so what happened is they started producing higher and higher alcohol content wines to give you that quick flavor delivery system. And so now you're you go to the store, you're you're going to find red wine sitting between twelve and fourteen percent, right? And whites are going to be ten to 12. Is that about hitting a flavor satisfaction level? You know, when they talk about cheap chocolate versus really expensive chocolate, 
you can eat a whole big slab of really cheap milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's got a tiny bit of cocoa in it. Yeah. And then you go to, say, Bernard Calbeau, and you can have one or two pieces, and you hit that sweet satisfaction yeah. point much quicker. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I mean, I, I know I'm that way with beer. Um, if I'm having a, a good craft beer that actually tastes like something, I'll have, you know, two or three or, you know, four sometimes, and I'm done. I'm, I'm satisfied. That's great. If I'm drinking commercial beer because that's what's available, um, I can go through half a dozen and go, wow, did I? I okay, yeah, I guess I did drink that many. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, I'm already walking, so nobody get upset. But, <laughs> you know, it's like, whoa, where did that? Okay. And I just don't notice how many I'm having because they don't taste like a whole lot. So I think you're onto something there. What's the one question you wish students would ask you in your beer class and they haven't tackled it yet? I can't actually think of one. They, they have been so engaged and so bright and wide-ranging and, and just really interested in the questions we get are absolutely, like, they're really into it and they're thoughtful questions. Um, it was really the students that brought the substitutability between cannabis and beer to the fore. Somebody asked it when... Trudeau got elected. Well, what does legal cannabis do for beer? And I went, I have no idea, and neither does anybody else that I know of. Um, so we're trying to figure that out. And so some of the other questions about why craft beer? What happened? Well, you know, again, there's this whole list of answers. Preferences changed. We rejected mass market. We've rejected more and more um, homogeneity in, in what we consume. And everybody's looking for differentiation. So this is the the upside of identity politics is better beer, because um, you get everybody wants to have their own little marker. Um, but the other thing that not enough people are talking about is two other things changed. Is regulations changed and changed radically across this country to to open the space up for craft brewing, and the cost of capital plummeted, right? So if you're borrowing to build a brewer, a small microbrewery, you can do that at three, four, five percent, even if you're just taking out a second mortgage on your house. 10, 20 years ago, you'd be borrowing at 10 or 15 percent. So you're not, it, you, can't, you can't make the numbers work at that interest rate. So all these things kind of came together to give us this, this wonderful explosion of good beer. <laughs> I dig it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for your time oh, today. Oh, thank you. It's it interesting to explore these ideas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bug you next year. For sure. Come back. We'll talk Absolutely. About My pleasure. How cannabis is affected. This. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that conversation. <laughs> Rebels, thank you for tuning in this week. If you want to find the latest news about Rebellion Brewing, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Untapped. Thank you for joining the Rebellion.